Some viewers may find this disturbing. Viewer discretion is advised. And welcome back to Roy on Rescue. I have an episode today that I um, want to get out regarding cyclists and the potential dangers of cycling. Um, I've done an episode before on cycling, but in this case, this was a situation that was brought up to me actually over the weekend in regards to a neighbor of mine actually stopping at the, the scene of an accident. It sounds like these cyclists were actually on a pretty busy highway, uh, not a highway, but it's in our area, it's a, it's a major thoroughway. In fact, I'm actually driving down the road right now, and there's quite honestly close to bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. So there's not a lot of leeway. It has a nice shoulder, probably about five to six feet of shoulder um, to the right and the left, which tends to attract a lot of cyclists. But just off the edge, <clears throat> excuse me, in areas, there's gravel, there's grass, there's curbs. Um, we have gas stations that kind of veer off. We've got changing of lanes. Um, we've got passing lanes. It's a very, very main thoroughway here in this area um, that, I, that, that we drive in. Um, in this situation, the neighbor of mine actually saw a gathering of cyclists that looked like they were surrounding another cyclist on the ground. When she stopped to try to give the cyclist a hand, she noticed that the cyclist was unconscious, laying on their back, and, and almost looked like they were having small episodes of seizure activity potentially, or maybe coming to, being confused, and then passing back out. Most of the trauma was to the face that they could see. Um, it looked like there was a huge hematoma over one of the eyes of the patient's uh, face. Uh, it was almost swollen shut. Um, there was a lot of bleeding on the face. And uh, she had kind of talked to me about this and said, hey, you know, what, did I do everything right? What was I supposed to do? Um, and it sounded like she did a great job. But I thought I would actually run that as a scenario to kind of talk about that. You know, cycling is really popular. Um, it's very popular around here. Not only do we have commuters for work, but we also have cycling enthusiasts that are training for biathlon, triathlons, marathons, and things like that. So... Um, if we were to see somebody like this laying on the side of the road, the first thing that we should be thinking about is twofold, and that is, one, do I have personal protect? well, actually even before my own personal protective equipment, is the cyclist out of harm's way? <clears throat> Are they in the highway? Are they in the road? Are they at risk for getting hit? Are we all at risk for getting hit? Many people don't want to move the patient because of the type of trauma that they've suffered, which is understandable, and if we didn't have to move the patient, we wouldn't move the patient. But whenever we have a situation where the individual may be in harm's way, either from vehicles, um, environment, explosion, chemicals, um, hostile environment, all of those qualify as an unsafe scene, and that gives us the ability to actually override the keep them still position and actually drag them to safety if at all possible. Now there are different ways to drag a victim to safety. We try not to move the spinal cord any more than we have to when moving them and in many cases we try to do an under the arm um, while supporting the head drag on both sides with two people or we actually do somewhat of like a um, a clothing drag where one person grabs the material on the shoulder, the other person grabs material on the shoulder, you grab the belt or the pants or the short uh, waistline, and, um, and basically we, we pull in, in 
half a foot or three to six inch increments, depending on how big and heavy the, the patient is, until we've moved the patient to a place of safety. Then from that point on, we again try to minimize spinal movement as best we can. Um, now, beyond that, we need to be thinking about multiple uh, mechanisms of injury. We've got the, the fact that the person could have been riding in excess of 10 to, to maybe 20 miles per hour if they're really getting out there on the, on the road. Um, that in and of itself, if they simply fell off from something move, or, or ran into something moving 15, 20, 20 miles an hour, would be impact enough to cause some serious damage. So the first thing we need to think about is the mechanism of injury. You have an individual who's riding a bike, maybe 5, 10, 15, maybe even 20 miles per hour. They are uh, thrown off their bike, or either that or they've collided with something. Maybe they've been ejected over the handlebars. Uh, possibly they've even uh, been hit by a car. We don't know unless we had bystanders there that saw it happen. But I think in many cases what happens is they hit a chuck hole, they have a, a mechanical failure on the bike, um, something, maybe an animal ran out in front of them, they hit their brake, and they have flown over the handlebars. That is, seems to be a very common mechanism of, of injury. Um, when we think about that person falling off the bike at 5, 10, 15, 20 miles per hour, we have to think about the impact with the ground or impact with the tree or impact with the car. We have an, uh, an immediate deceleration problem. So let's say that, that all they did was have a, 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 hypothetically speaking, a bungee cord that literally stopped them. Um, the, the velocity and the forces alone could have caused an internal injury um, where the brain slaps the inside of the skull and causes swelling or maybe even bleeding. But in many cases, that's not what's happening. In reality, what they did is they hit a hard, immovable surface, which causes the deceleration to be even more impactful. And, and that usually causes not only external injury, which is where you get your laceration, skull fracture, things that we, um, we know need to be, be stabilized and are going to need to be treated, all of this comes after the fact that we've activated the emergency medical services 911. Um, getting emergency help there immediately is going to be vital, especially if they have internal injuries or serious life-threatening injuries like uh, brain swelling, hematoma, bleeding, um, internal injuries, long bone fractures, spinal cord injuries. So activation of EMS, treatment of major life-threatening problems, which would include the uh, lack of breathing or lack of normal breathing, um, signs of shock, pale, cool, sweaty, unconscious, rapid breathing, rapid pulse, thready pulse or weak pulse, um, poor breathing, cover them with a sheet coat or blanket. We have a potential spinal cord injury. We have potential long bone injury, so we won't be doing any elevation of legs at all. And then obviously monitoring the patient for the need to have um, rescue breathing and full CPR. And if you don't have personal protective equipment, you don't feel comfortable giving mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, if they stop breathing and lose their pulse, at least do compression. Only CPR, which is a, um, a minimum of 100 compressions per minute and very deep and very fast. So 
um, you can rescue and try to help with a lot of confidence that you're safe from lawsuit in case they suffer paralysis or um, any other injury and all you were trying to do was help. So I hope this was helpful. Uh, keep on rescuing and until next time, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.